0: Nerding out about something can be defined as becoming hyper-focused or attaining a wealth of knowledge about a topic. This is where we park our thoughts about anything, really. Gaming, comic, life, those sorts of things. Welcome to the Co-Nerdcast. To all of our tens of people listening out there, hello, I'm Joe. I am Brock Lucas and that brings us to tonight's topic, the Dresden guys we're doing it, we're talking about the Dresden Files Finally. specifically we are going to be talking and it, it has been a long time um, this is something that we've been wanting to cover since we started I mean I know what we're five podcasts in now, six podcasts in but we've been wanting I'm to talk so about perfect. this for a while for months now i can't guarantee that we won't be talking about it again sometime down the line maybe we'll do (laughs) a whole reread of the series that might be fun but regardless that would be we are only going to be doing we're going to be talking about the book series there was a short lived sci-fi channel series it was okay Uh, i like
1: Just to let everyone know real quick, we will try not to spoil too much, but we're all really excited about it, uh, as you can probably tell. And so go out and read the books, you know, please, if for anything, to talk to any of the three of us about it, at least. But if you are worried about spoilers, I would be very cautious about proceeding at this point.
0: Yes, 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 yes. Spoiler warning. Okay. Uh, I'm going to break this down first. Uh, The first way that we have to do this is we already did a podcast on Harry Potter, so we're going to, this is another sort of wizard mystery series, so we're going to do the basics of the Dresdenverse, or how it compares to Harry Potter. Um, so, the best way I can describe it is that uh, we are, or rather, uh, Harry Potter is kid fantasy, right? Yeah, 100%. Um, dresden files is more of a tarantino esque pulp fiction it's a it's a detective adventure series really uh harry yeah. potter is about a kid discovering and learning that he's a wizard uh the dresden files is more about well that's fine and dandy he knows he's a wizard what does he do now what's he going to do with it right um it's a detective adventure series um The and we have a couple of Brock will be going over the factions. Lucas will be going over the laws of magic. Um, but it is worth noting that, uh, I would almost say that the factions in this series are not nearly as, uh, organized or as clean or pretty as the Potterverse. No, absolutely not. Uh. Harry is in his mid 20s at the start of the series. There have been 18 books now and Harry is pushing 40. Uh magic follows some of the same rules that are in the Potterverse versus that of the Dresdenverse. Uh in particular, uh the spells are cast with the assistance of wands or staves. Um Okay, but okay, in yeah. general, uh, in particular, the wands and stabs in the Dresden verse have to are crafted by the wizard themselves. They're not simply chosen or received. They are, based, I guess, wrought would be the turn of phrase. I think I would use
2: probably, probably one of the better, yeah, probably a good term for it. Yeah,
0: Harry he, Harry takes a hunk oh, of wood and Cara, carves. Magical symbols or formula into his devices, and this basically stores a spell or allows him to channel energy in a certain pathway.
1: Though it does seem that Harry Dresden, much like in the Harry Potter uh, verse, they tend to go to sources of wood. That are special in some way to them, whether it's Ebenezer McCoy's farm or Demon
0: Reach. Right.
2: It's all about uh, that, that, uh, what it means to. Them. Go ahead, Lucas. I say it's it's when it comes to magic, they he Harry states a lot in the earlier books how important it is that it means something to the person casting the spell. It's not necessarily about, uh, if it's true or not. It's all about how they feel. If right. That color means that thing. That's what that does.
0: Right. And that brings me to <laughs> another point, which is the whole. Uh, words that are used for magic. Uh, I mean, even I in the book, in the book series, Harry, even. Uh, uh, Harry Dresden, that is, I guess I should say that first. OK, people, it's Harry Potter. And in the Dresden files, it's Harry Dresden specifically. Yeah. Harry, Blackstone, Copperfield, Dresden. Um, that being said, uh, Harry kind of lampshades this in one of the books by saying, you know, I'm going to use my badly mangled Latin or, you know, faux Latin words to cast this spell. Uh, his main attack spell for crying out loud is <laughs> Fuego. Which, you know, is just he, you know, in a future book, he says, he says, I missed Spanish class today. So, um, that is, that's that's
1: fine. It's important because he missed Spanish, so he didn't really have a meaning associated with it. Because the, the magic words in the Dresden universe are used as an insulation between the
2: mind and the magic. Right. If you better that you don't know what they actually mean. And it's like he says in one of the books, too. He said that if you were, you can, like 100%, can cast magic without words. But it will eventually drive you insane because it's using your soul, your person, as the conduit at that point. And so it's slowly draining away from you. It's kind of like it's used a soul fire, but that's not. Yes, words are important, but you don't have to use them, but you should because it keeps you sane.
0: Um he also makes a point that saying that he can cast spells without the aid of tools, but it's much less focused yeah. uh, so and there are several instances throughout the books where he does do such a thing and it almost causes him physical pain sometimes to do so
2: I mean, like when he uses full uh for gun, right yeah. I... In, in Friga, in Friga, thank you. And like when he uses in Friga, he tends—I remember him using it a lot with just pain, and just because of his mantle, he didn't feel it, but it did his body.
0: Um, but yeah, th- so that's basically how magic is cast. Uh, he does make a point of saying that spell books and stuff are are exist in this uh universe as well. Um. Magical trinkets are a dime a dozen. We have seen artifacts that carry quite a bit of power with them. But uh, one of the big things behind the artifact, much like one of the big things behind magic in general, is just the belief in that magical artifact. Um, mm-hmm. oh. that's what ge- that's what gives it Dumbo and his magic feather, yep. essentially. I remember not yeah um but i think that's basically where i want to stop my part of things if you're interested again go read the books um yeah. brock what do you talk to, have, to us about it oh and talk to us about it. yes <laughs> you're gonna hear that a lot this uh during this podcast brock why don't you go ahead and take us into the next section
1: all right so i'm gonna be covering factions now uh like you said joe in the Potterverse, You kind of have muggles, witches and wizards, and then magical creatures. And in the witches and wizards, of course, you could go up to different uh, divisions, whether that's the houses, uh, you know, or basically, if you're good, you're in. Usually, uh, to start, you're in one of three houses: Gryffindor, Hufflepuff, and all that. But it's very simple. Um, The Dresden verse is much more ray between the factions. So a couple that we have uh, And I Norm. love it.
2: <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, it's so good.
1: And yes. you know, we don't have muggles, uh, you know, as the word exists, but we do have, as Harry and uh, others call them, kind of just vanilla mortals. Vanilla humans, normies, whatever you want to call it.
0: Um, and, and can I interpose one word, one phrase here? Yes. They are the scariest people in yep. the series yeah oh so yeah
1: almost as true sometimes through just gross negligence yep. yeah they are as right they there. can be they can be terrifying Ignorant. or just from the fact that when you're afraid of something you just want to get rid of it um and there's instances like that, but in those in those areas there are the there's still vanilla humans, but then you have like the well, uh, the certain priests and other people, the the you know the men in black, the Libra, uh Mbellum that we hear about in the last book, that they're vanilla humans. However, they have a working have- knowledge and so they have the eyes and the ears, you know, the Libra and the men in black are, you know. And so there are vanilla humans that know about the the magical world and they're canny to it and those are the ones that are really terrifying um but going on from there you have just the normal mortals or humans you've got uh after vanillas that have no power uh, i would say if we're going in the power order then you have some that have like shape changers which are a mixture of human and of the fairy courts and we'll talk about that later then you also have uh the the werewolves who There's a crew that have learned they're not true werewolves, but they've learned shape shifting and they actually aid Harry quite often and do a really good job of it, too. As the series goes on, Billy and the werewolves. Um, But that's they've kind of built up in power and they're going from there. Uh, Next, you would probably have ectomancers like Mort Lindquist. Uh, they've got low grade, so low grade magical talents. And then once you get up to the rank of the white council of wizardry, these are the guys that they're human, you know, the men and women that are humans, but they've got a lot more firepower to offer. And these are the wizards of the white council. And so you've got the normal wizards of the white council. And then you've got those that are going to be specializing in battle magic, which usually end up as kind of the, the wizard, like, Army, you might call it Army, you might call it National Guard or Police Force, you know, militarized police force, the Wardens, uh, who are responsible with keeping order within the humans, basically, uh, especially those humans that have magical abilities and powers and enforcing the laws of magic, which Lucas will talk about later. After that, uh, we're also going to talk. There's the Knights of the Cross who are, for the most part, vanilla mortals, but they work with each one of them works with one of three holy swords that has, and again, spoilers, but has a nail from the crucifixion worked into the hilt of the sword. And their job is working with different priests of the church, uh, the Catholic church, I presume, pretty much all around. Um, they are working against, in particular, not just the forces of evil, but they are working against the Knights of the Black and Denarius, Who are humans that have accepted one of uh, the silver coins that has a fallen angel inside? So there's the Knights of the Black and Daenerys that are working with her for the fallen, and the Knights are trying to save the the humans that are enslaved by the fallen
2: angels. Joe, you're going to.
0: Yeah, uh, I was just wanting to bring up um, as far as the Knights go, each Knight has basically a tenant. Of the Christian faith, which is faith hope or love and mm-hmm. the sword uh is then imbued with that kind is of... yeah Fidelachius is imbued yeah. with this <laughs> is the sword of faith if you yeah. are to if you were to ever lose faith then the sword is unmade um well, S- then... yeah S- 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 for... if you were to ever despair yeah. instead of you know, continually have hope for a better tomorrow, then that too would be and then uh amorakius, uh I believe its main uh flaw is blood of the innocent. Mm. If that is ever used if that is ever shed by the sword, then it you know
1: they lose their
0: they lose their ability, yes.
1: Because they're particularly effective against evil and the fallen uh, angels that have enslaved the humans, and the humans are called the Knights of the Black and Daenerys, uh, that work for the fallen angels. Like, And we'll, we could go way more into that, but we're going yeah, to hold total. off on that, maybe for another conversation. But um, So apart from then the knights, the knights of the Cross and the Black and Daenerys, then you can get into the not quite they're not mortals they're not immortals all of them but a lot of them are immortals but they're definitely not human and we're going to get into that uh we'll start at a lower level with things like ghouls uh you've got ghouls you've got a lot of other magical creatures that are out there that are at lower levels ghouls can look like humans uh, they're usually used by as are uh as armed and hired muscle by others like oh, those in yeah, they're used as thugs because they can usually look like humans, but then when they need to, they can break it out. They're really, really strong, really fast, and horribly ugly. Uh, so, going from ghouls, then you can go up uh, to some of the lower fairies that are called wild fae, which are going to be ogres, trolls, things like that. Um, one of my favorites, Toot Toot. Yep. Toot Toot of the of the Za Lord's guard. Yep. So... He's your general to t- Yep. You move up from there to small... And he's a tiny little pixie-like fairy. Moving from them, um, not quite related to them, but just we'll talk about the next are the Spartals, who are a very interesting race. They care more about truth and honor and their word. And they are scary if you cross them, or if you stain their honor or try to use... As some characters have found, as you have tried to use them for a purpose other than what they would have done. They do not like to be manipulated and forced in other positions. They're also the artisans of the craft of the world. Uh they are the best artisans for magical jewels, uh trinkets, foci, whatever it might be. You would always go to Spartov. Um going on from there, uh the two courts of the fairies, which they do not like to be called, are the summer and the winter. Summer both are dangerous, but summer tend to be a little bit more, I guess you could, most people Revolved. think of them as good um, or benevolent. Uh, not always the case. But they are led by each court is uh, the summer and the winter. Winter is more cold and dark, and they all have their place, but each is led by three queens. You have uh, the current reigning queen, who at this moment in the summer court is Titania, and the winter court is Mab, and then in the all right, Then you have the uh, late winter, winter, summer, and winter ladies. Right now, it is Sarissa in the summer court, and right now in the winter court, it is
0: Molly. Spoiler warning! It's huge,
2: yeah. absolutely gigantic, like just. Yep. Like,
0: We're sorry we ruined that for nope. you. If, but to be
1: fair, we've given okay. several spoiler, spoiler exactly. alert already saying this is going to happen. That's um, right. It's your fault now. It is your yeah. fault. I'm sorry. Ours. Then apart from uh, the queens and the ladies, then up is the queen that was, who we don't quite know their roles, but we suspect that they are certain characters throughout different theological and mythological settings and histories in the world, and they are the mothers. We have Mother Summer and Mother Winter, who we're still learning about. Now, moving on from them, uh, we have the four, courts of the vampires actually we have the black red white and don't forget the jade court of the vampires we don't really talk much about the jade court I uh, don't know a whole lot about them but we know that at some point they exist so maybe they'll come back into the story at some point i get but the black get court the feeling
0: oh, no. oh, sorry i get the feeling that the jade court do not like to advertise.
2: Yeah, they probably think, I think so.
0: I don't I'm
1: I'm, I'm interested to see where they're from, just because Jade is so commonly associated with Asia. I'm wondering if that's where the, that court was or is hidden and located.
2: But we'll see. Actually, we don't know much about sense. that because there's but, there's mythology of a different Asia mm-hmm. has its own separate mythology about vampires or a vampiric light like. Uh, supernatural being and so now you said that it's like okay maybe that's what they're gonna go with. but yep. i have no idea what jim's got in mind but that seems like his kind of style so to say something vague and then run with
1: it. yep so like, we'll see where that goes um but the other courts so the black court think of them as uh bram stoker's uh dracula and actually that book was in the dresden universe the, the uh book dracula was published so that people would know to use garlic, to use holy water, steaks, cut off their heads, stab through the heart. That's how you kill the Black Court. They're basically extremely strong, immortal, walking corpses with scary powers. Not just superhuman strength, but some of them actually can uh, be not quite warlocks. I guess some of them actually have like almost, they either were in life, they were wizards, or have those powers, and that's kind of terrifying. So they're some of the biggest, baddest, strongest vampires but because of the book that was published bram stoker's dracula they are one of the smaller courts there's not that many of them left the red court uh and the black court drink blood the red court uh also drink blood and they're really interesting because on the outside they appear to be beautiful men and women and wear a flesh Uh, that's their flesh mask underneath they're this horrible kind of Rubbery, slimy bat seal looking. I say seal because I think of like the blubber, yeah, the the skin of a seal.
2: But
0: there is
1: this horrible bat creature underneath, Um, and they they are very pop. uh, They've populated a lot of central and southern America in the series, parts of Europe and around the Mediterranean, especially um, because the White Council has to fight them a lot at one point. And I don't know. I, I don't. There's a spoiler I want to give away on that, but I don't think I am even on this, even on this, this. I'm not going to talk about it. Exactly, I'm with you on that, I'm with you, but we just can't. So, we're not going to talk about it, even on that. But, very, very interesting, there's a lot of them around, um, and they are a big pain in the neck to mortals everywhere. And that could be vanilla humans, wizards, knights of the cross, anybody. Um, Moving on from them, we have what I think are probably some of the most interesting and entertaining vampires, the White Court. And they are led by three different houses, Wraith, Scavies, and Malvora. And there's others, but those are the three main uh, houses. Uh, Scavies feeds on... uh, Correct me if I'm wrong here, guys. Scavies feeds on fear... Right. Mal malvora feeds on malvora despair will. and so How these malvora vampires will. they they look they the, dresden refers to the, the white court sometimes as being the most dangerous because they look the most human they are mm-hmm. off-putting they can slip in get past your guard yeah here's the interesting thing i mean they are strong they can have superhuman strength speed they can heal they are immortal um but they are the technically they are the weakest of the uh, vampire courts that we know more of, like the black and the red. Don't like I said, don't know much about the jade. But the white court are all apparently pretty darn attractive in all the houses. And I wait to say this last because the raids feed on the raw emotion, particularly raw emotion that comes from uh, basically sex, lust. Yep. Same from sex, from lust, so, and that's how they get it. So they feed on that life energy, and what, and so all three of the houses, whatever the emotion is that they feed off of, they're basically eating a portion of that person's life force and energy whenever they take it.
0: I um, I, I get the ahead. feeling that it's not not as I, I guess it's more I'll of what they it. like to eat. Yeah because they make, they make that mention in one of the books where they can kind of go back and forth between the two between the three different energies:
2: one of they, um, they
0: can but one uh, of the, it also the talks about family members go ahead Lucas.
2: Went, one of the certain family members went over to house Malvora per se. It's in one of the books I'm not trying to spoil too much, but he he goes to Malvora and now he feeds on fear and so i'm kind of with joe on this i'm pretty sure they can it's all about conquering the demon because they have a demon inside they call it a demon that feeds on those emotions they're closer to human beings but that vampire in them is the demon that needs to feed on those things. it's 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 sustenance emotion.
1: and so, I, I would say switch. that yes they they could kind of switch back and forth if they you know, it really wants to like if that one does. You're right, power. Lucas. It takes, power. but yeah, I think it takes a concentrated effort. Like you so said, it could be preference, but at one point, it's also mentioned uh, by a higher up immortal. Like, look what's happened over time. You know, because I think it members of it the vampire makes... courts changing their tastes after centuries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's not something that happens often, and usually, yeah. it's those houses. The ones in those houses, that is what they eat, but they can change. You're right. It's like an, um, they, they need to evolve
2: based on where they're at or how do they, yeah. they need to do to survive and with.
1: But this yeah. is what they But, uh, with the white court, it definitely makes for some interesting, uh, characters and some very interesting, uh, situations that Harry finds himself in, especially because of house rape, the ones that feed on lust. Um, but moving on from them, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Bigfoot. Bigfoot does exist, and uh, there are three different clans. They are they are the Forest People, who are honestly some of my favorite, and they're the more popular uh, of the of the Bigfoot clans. And they tend to live on like Native American reservations, and Native Americans uh, do know of them and actually live with them, watch TV with them. In fact, one of the Bigfoots uh, actually. Talks about watching TV shows on the res and learning pop culture. Then you have the, as we talked earlier, Lucas, I believe you're right. The cloud people who are really just want to cloud. stay removed and they just want to be off away from everything. They, uh, do their they own don't, thing. they don't wear Right. They don't want to interact with uh, mortals if they can help it. Yeah. Then you have the Grendelkins who are as All the way from Beowulf and Grendel, they are spawn of Grendel, and they're usually pretty big, strong, and they would rather actually uh, make humans subservient to them. So they are on what's called, literally, the Warpath, and you meet a couple of, uh, at least one or two of them in the series, and they're pretty terrifying, and others are described, uh, others, uh, like from the forest people uh, in particular, describe the Grendelkins as pretty much a-holes.
2: So that's 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 exactly what he
1: says about them. And we've already talked about uh, most of the others, but I do want to hint on one that really mortal, not immortal, but ghosts. We have ghosts and. uh, Yeah, and it gets a lot into that, especially in one book. And so so we get really into that. uh, But then we also are going to be talking about different deities from different uh religions and mythologies from around the world and the followers that go around with them um i'm going to go into just a slight detail here but the fact that there are valkyries that are in the story that we meet is i think a really cool feature in that some of the deities that uh come up or that we suspect come up and other mythological features or sorry uh creatures and characters that come up and you can recognize them from different legends and mythos around the world. And so those are them. the factions. There are a lot of them, and they're very comprehensive. So, and there's way more detail that we could go into here, but we're not going to because
2: that's a very, very deep rabbit hole. So much. All
0: right. Uh, Lucas. On a lot I know. Of magic now. I know we talked about how we want to cover some things and not everything, but I think we need to end with the one, thi- the one thing that I love the most about this series. Compared to what, Compared to freaking Harry Potter. Because freaking Harry <laughs> Potter <laughs> says, you know how we fix problems? Put more magic with it. We'll put yeah. more magic. How do, you, how do you how do you how do you solve this? I don't know. We put more magic with it. We're gonna you know, we just hope up we the tank and just hope for the best. We can't, you know uh you know what? Go ahead and get into it because I wanna yeah. stop at each and every single one of these laws.
2: Oh yeah, we will. We will. Okay, so the first so the first law of magic is it bans prohibits the killing of humans with magic. That means humans and most cases it responds
0: to any kind of living being depends there are loopholes we'll get to that later so okay. we need to, we need to define that real quick so magic is viewed as an extension of or the fires of creation a life force in most in most cases it's considered a power
2: that one can rot in some cases
0: um you know, and more mortals Go back to I believe what Brock was talking about with vanilla humans, correct? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, well, vanilla humans,
1: witches, wizards, knights of the cross, but basically they are off limits. Almost any other faction that I mentioned, if they are not a human,
2: they're pretty much fair game. And a lot of those cases too, which I didn't have on here because it was like kind of those add-on things, but in there are always, like, in today's laws, uh, self-defense is a is a plausible excuse when it comes to some of these scenarios. But like,
1: if all- you're if you're being attacked by somebody wielding yes. magic, yes, yes,
0: it does feel though that they don't like to give that exception.
2: Nope, they do not. Especially, it it all just depends on the scenario. And as you'll find out when you read this this series and all. It always depends on the scenario and who you have backing you up. Hundred percent who is in your corner, that's how you're gonna win this entire fight. But it's like a general rule, don't kill people with
0: magic. Well rule. you can kill people. How can you kill people, Lucas? By shooting them.
2: Yes, by shooting them you can. And it doesn't count as the first law of magic, which is being murdered as a warlock.
1: Because that's Harry's loophole, that's why yeah. he carries
2: big if there's vanilla humans, <laughs> shoot him with a gun if there's supernatural, kill him with magic, actually burn them or color. or a gun he will use either one he's not
1: picky.
0: yeah well now it is a bit guns. as I said earlier, it is a bit um tricky because he does the series does exist in you know the city of Chicago, and as I want to say. Uh murder is both a state felony and a federal felony.
2: So Harry's.
0: And even if they didn't care, it is just wrong. <laughs> even yeah. if
1: the state even if state and federal yeah. government didn't care. It is wrong.
2: Yes, that is true. That is true. And that's kind of what a lot of these kind of base themselves off of in a lot of the laws came from like the ethics. It like I just said, it kind of comes from they seem to have a base with Today's laws and law enforcement. And the second law is the law. The it prohibits the shapeshifting of other beings. You can shapeshift yourself, but you cannot forcibly shapeshift another human being or thing into a different shape against their own will. That is prohibited.
0: Now we haven't seen this law come up all no. that often.
1: The closest no. we would have seen is when Harry's godmother transformed them all, you know, spoiler, into hounds.
2: But again, she
1: is not human. She, it right. doesn't apply to
2: her. Out. Exactly. It's not covered in the Unseelie cords either, so it it's like, if she was a human wizard doing it, okay, it may have changed things because she wouldn't ask for permission. They right. said, we can get there fast, and she's like, okay. And then she did it at her own volition.
1: Yeah, but... Yeah, a lot of this comes down to you cannot do any of these things to other humans, but non humans and immortals are, are kind of fair game.
2: Yep. And then the third law uh, prohibits the forcible violation of immortal humans' mind. So mind control, mind uh, erasing, and, mind alteration. And Joe and, is going to want to talk about
0: this. Go ahead, Joe. Stupid Harry Potter and that stupid like befuddle charm or whatever it is or Obliviate. Yep. Yes. Yep. Oh my yep. God, that's the memory 100%. charm. That's, Obliviate. That, that's so invasive. Oh my God, um, it's so invasive. The...
2: It is. Oh. It's extremely.
1: Yes. Not only that, but Moody, Mad Eye Moody, would have been uh, probably beheaded by the White Council for turning Draco Malfoy into a ferret. Yes. So there's two right there. We'll talk about Moody. both. Of
0: them. Moody would have been murdered on a lot. Of <laughs> <magical> <laughs> violation. Go, I'm
2: not go right ahead, not Yeah, yeah, I agree.
1: Go
0: ahead, Joe. I mean, you're you're wanting no, to No, that that's just my main point though. This is the one thing. Like I we need to do a podcast about just mind control in general. I understand. Take every single one of these
2: and go off of them for
0: dates. But I'm just saying, in general, invading someone else's mind. And just saying, oh, no, 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 that didn't happen. Yeah. These are not the droids you are looking for. Yep. That is not good. It's horrendous. And there's a reason that
2: Harry in the part of the series is so concerned about one of the other characters in the series after they perform mind magic, somebody without knowing that it was against the law. And they didn't realize what kind of dark things that brings up in you like it's like once you start doing something you'll do it more more easily and if um, it's a bad thing it just is That's bad to start doing bad things easily and think oh this is okay right i'm doing it for good cause but in reality what you just did was scar them for life
1: yeah that kind of the the means don't just or the ends don't justify the means is yes. what we're going with there um yep. and what's interesting is in it. Along with this one as well, and another inconsistency, Joe, you might have picked up on this as well. Um, you do have the three unforgivable curses in, in the Potterverse. One of them is the Imperious Curse, which is controlling the mind. So how is the Imperious Curse different from Obliviate and modifying the memory? Because in both cases, you are invading the mind. But Obliviate Never. is used by the Ministry of Magic
0: on muggles constantly. time. Oh, all the time, they will be. Dead. You are forcing your will upon someone else's. That's regardless. regardless. So, what a lot it, of laws. We even see that. Files. Yeah, we even see that though in the
2: Potterverse,
1: when when Lord Voldemort breaks the memory charm that Barty Crouch placed on Bertha Jorgens and it damages her mind and drives her insane.
2: Yeah, I remember
1: that now. The memory charm he placed on her was too powerful, it and it
0: permanently like, altered her mind. Yeah. Like we should go ahead and in. talk so, about we should uh, go ahead and talk about the fourth law as well, yeah. because these are both really tangible. That's what I was just
2: gonna say is that the, the fourth law ties in this perfectly magic prohibits the magical domination of another being's mind. So it ties in perfectly with the third one. But it it's like making sure that they can get you for both counts. So you can't have a loophole for that. Uh, but the magical domination of someone's mind you can't control. Mind control, you can't do it.
0: No No enslavement. No enthralling. Enthralling, illegal. Warlock. Beheaded. But but magical lust potions. Okay.
2: Yeah, it's different though. It's a potion. It's not magic that you're performing directly onto another person. Right. (laughs) Which is loopholes, people,
1: loopholes. But let's, and we shouldn't mention that, usually the breaking of any one of these laws of magic has a zero-tolerance policy, oh, yeah, by like the
2: way. 95% of the time.
1: They will send out one of those wardens that I, or a group of wardens that I mentioned, have a very quick trial in the, which they will find you guilty and behead you.
2: The Merlin, who is the head, head honcho, will uh, soul gaze you and see what your personality is like and. Essentially what he's doing is not seeing what you're like. He's just saying that, yeah, you did do those things. Not accounting for anything else about the person. Not the hope in their soul, not the uh, ability for them to change, nothing about it. He just wants to make sure they did it and they don't get Well, and I think it's
1: it's important to note that the reason there's a zero tolerance policy is because in the Dresden verse, to perform magic, you have whether you realize it's bad or not, you have to believe that what you're doing is right. And that it's what you want to do. You have to believe in it. And to it do something that to break one of the laws of magic will mentally put you down a path where you will just continue to break the laws of magic and to hurt
2: like people. I said, yeah, like like I made the point earlier, once you do it once, it's just easier to keep in doing it more. Yeah.
1: So that's usually why there's that zero tolerance beheading policy. Yeah. Sorry, I just think that's an important no, no. part to catch. It, it, it is.
2: It's like there's not, we can't iterate on that enough because it's a very important part of the entire story. Um, the fifth law prohibits both research into and the practice of necromancy. Very simple. That one, all the way around, is usually a bad thing, except on humans. It, it's just going to say it's only on humans. You cannot raise humans. But now, let's say you <laughs> want to raise. Raise
0: uh, now. Raise. There, a, a very important point about this is that the reason that most people raise humans is because of the footprint that we leave. Yes. You can't necessarily do necromancy on ants, bugs, most domesticated animals. I believe.
2: Yeah, and if I remember, that's what Harry I think was saying too. It's just they're not as much of a, there isn't a whole lot to work with. To them. You're not working with anything. There's nothing to sculpt to reanimate the object with. Uh, but that, he kind of explains necromancy in one of the books when it's one of the bigger topics of the book. And essentially, I would spoil the whole thing if I went into it, but it's, it's awesome. Just saying. Harry does break it in a way. But he doesn't break it. He breaks it, but he doesn't. He finds the loophole. Yes, he found the loophole. Snuck right. Uh, the sixth law prohibits any, any attempt to swim against the currents of time. Any attempt to change past temporal manipulation for fear of paradoxes. So essentially, right. don't mess with time. All okay. right,
0: Hermione. There yeah, goes your neck. Exactly. And she just
2: like, and she did that entire book and like, fucked up Everything. If, say, if she did that in reality, if you look back at the book, nothing bad happens really from her shifting through time like that. Nobody notices anything. But now, in reality, <laughs> that's so many little black holes she's left.
1: And I, I will say a big difference with her, she's using a device that she was given. She wasn't like trying to create the magic oh, yeah. to do and that's,
2: but the But in the Dresden Files, they also do not want you to use any kind of item at all to manipulate and the dresden files you're not allowed to manipulate with anything right but there are also loopholes if you're going to look at hypotheticals that's different if you're looking at the future in a hypothetical sense where you're you know sending your consciousness and probing at the future that's different you're not changing it you don't know details but you know certain things being can map. right Give somebody information On it. you can't tell me the exact thing because then you break the rule uh then the try to find it and then the last law which is one of the more interesting ones finally getting into in the book the seventh law prohibits wizards from researching or dealing with outsiders beings from beyond the boundaries of the new universe which i did not touch on in the factions because they're not part of the universe Exactly, they aren't because they are creatures that we do not understand, and they just they. It, it's like think about this: what was there before God? It's like one of those questions. Like, God, how, what was there before the being in the universe? Who knows? People have theories. There's thoughts. There's theories. There's there. There's a whole list of things that it could be, but no one knows, and that's what. The Outsiders are. In in the series, we hear more about them. You see more of their impact and things that are so bad about them. But the reason you cannot let them into our world is because they essentially devour our world's existence. They're like black holes. They just suck it all. They destroy it. They mess with the balance. As messed up as that balance may be, they mess up the balance of ours. Our universe, our space. They want planet. to. They want to destroy it. They—that's what they are. They—they they are destroyers of universes. They—they they are. They're like a, um, I'm trying to think of the best science science pun for it. But there's nothing worse than the outsiders. They almost
0: else. feel like they're kind of like the Cthulhu.
2: Yeah, uh, Camino, yeah. So
0: almost. uh Because that that kind of fits with the way they're being described, I think.
2: Yeah, a being Um, powerful.
0: A being that's powerful and the mere existence of it drives you insane. Yeah, it's like there is no there is no comprehension of it. Yeah, really.
2: You can't your brain can't process it. It kills you to look at the thing.
0: But I think one of the interesting points about them is for them to affect our world. They have to make themselves vulnerable to it,
2: and they willingly do it. Oh, yeah. Over, over but they also have almost it, what seems like an endless amount of forces. Because uh, you'll what if you read the books? What you'll learn is that when you conjure something from the Never Never, it doesn't belong in our like our human reality. So it has to use ectoplasm. Ectoplasm makes it a thing. But when outsiders materialize in that world, it's different, like that. But it's not. It's it's very interesting, and it's it's a very in depth kind of thing that we would have to talk things separately about when it comes to the outsiders and the theories we have about. It. But there's also this little tiny theory, a little bit of add on at the end, is that as you read through the series, you'll find that. If you pay attention you'll find that harry has either found a loophole or broken most or some of the laws of magic he hasn't broken all of them not all of them. he hasn't found a loophole for all of it but by the end of the series a lot of us think that he's going to have either found a way around a loophole around or plainly broken all of the laws of magic. and Yeah, I talked about the loopholes,
0: all right. All right. Um, I actually feel like that's a pretty good overview for the series. What do you guys feel? That's a good overview. Oh,
1: I would say one last thing on this point. Joe, you and I have talked about this before. Lucas, I don't know if we have, so I wanted to bring this up. Another big distinction between the Potterverse and the Dresdenverse. What makes... A witch or wizard strong in the Potterverse. Can anyone answer that? Like, why? Why are they
0: strong? I really can't. I don't know. They they, they,
1: they just have answer. an insane amount of power, but it never just really says because they all have unlimited power. They don't whereas, take your right whereas, to get right? They just they have unlimited power. So how is one? How is you know one wizard more powerful or stronger than the other? They never go into well, that. They can just keep pushing out. But in the Dresden verse, it's like anything else; it's a finite resource that you can expend, depending on the on your own power, how much you've exercised yeah. it, how much you accrued and built up. And some people just have raw strength. Some people are be, are aren't as good at the heavy lifting, like blowing things up and you know pushing things over with wind or earth magic. But then you've got those that are really good at subtle things, like veils, which is finite, basically uh, distorting the the space around you and. Yeah. And yep. making it so you can't be seen, heard, even smelled by those that are really gifted with him. Harry's not very good with subtle stuff. And he even says he's more of a magical thug. thug. He's, he's really – but he has a huge tank of magic power. that he can he can shoot a lot out. But by the end of most of the books, spoilers he's, guys, and- he's always drained. He never comes out of it like walking around like, I just did that. I saved the day. He usually wakes he's- up in a bed.
2: Six days later.
1: Because he's drained and it does. It gets him to the point where if they use too much magic in one go, and kill them. they pass out. Yeah. The, it's yeah. a it's it's physically taxing on people. So that's a really cool distinction of how are they strong in the Dresden verse? Well, they have different strengths, and but even then, like if they use too much, they they are they're done. Whereas yeah. those that are older, stronger more powerful. They're more powerful because they have a lot more magic, and it's very yeah, obvious.
2: a thousand or so years to practice it, and cultivate that stuff. It's
1: so, like, and Joe, that was something you told me first before I even started reading it. She said, "How is everyone strong in Harry Potter? It, it doesn't make any sense. They have unlimited magical powers." Yeah, so I know this has true. been a an
0: interesting gripe for uh, and, yours, and it does not matter where characters in the Potterverse use their abilities. In Harry Dres- in the Dresden verse, you know, water for the like old folklore of running water grounds out power. Yep. and
1: while night is not necessarily dark and evil in the Dresden verse, the dawn breaks existing enchantments because it's a new day. It turns a page. New yeah, it yeah. resets.
0: So there's. Exactly there's
1: almost a set of physics to magic in the Dresden verse that doesn't exist in the Potter verse. And it honestly, sh- I feel like should, because even magic, whenever, you know, he says it when, and once when he's playing D and D goes, it's not like you just cast fireball and it goes down and boom, because it expands. It does that. Like, so there are still, there's physics in the Dresden verse that and how magic And however you cast it, the forces that are created and how they respond with their environment are very factual and scientifically based
0: almost. It's really cool.
2: Like Harry said, once you fire, it's fire.
0: Yeah. Speaking of uh, gaming, because you did bring up D&D, the Dresden Files book series was actually utilized as a jumping off point for our... Preferred tabletop um, experience, which is called Fate Core. Fate Core. Uh, like yeah. the, the, the game designers of Fate Core utilized, you know, basically the aspect to, uh, classification system in uh, the Dresdenverse to create that tabletop environment. Absolutely. Um,
2: i remember you yeah. telling me that now but i i forgot about that but now that i remember it's like yeah i uh, actually didn't know that that's
0: really cool uh, and there's, there's you talking about like the how with harry expends his abilities those are the stunts those are the yeah. things that you have, you have eight points for
2: yeah yeah you have before it, you need a, a break
0: yeah exactly um and if he decides to push himself beyond that, then he causes himself physical or mental stress. He has his consequences that he mm-hmm. goes through. You know, he doesn't have a set amount of hit points per se. He, you know, there are scenes that he bows out from, and there are scenes that he bounces back from. Um, and sometimes he carries a consequence through the entire freaking book. Um yep. Yeah. Yeah. One other thing that I wanted to say in wrapping up because uh, we are getting to that time. It's been about 50 minutes. Um, I don't know if you guys looked around my uh, room here. I've done a little bit of organizing um, in my office. Some games. I, I right. do have some What's games game? back Just there, them? but I uh, cleared one of my bookshelves off. Oh, um and the bookshelf that I cleared off had all of my Dresden first uh, books on. It. Oh, sweet. I am going to actually give those. Uh, I don't know if she actually listens to this podcast, but I am going to give those as a present to my kid's sister um, because she was uh, she is a big Harry Potter fan. She's, I believe a sophomore in college now. And she's looking she one. loves reading, and so as a Christmas gift, you know, I am going to gift 18 <laughs> books to her. <laughs> <Wow>. So <laughs> some of these, I mean, some of these uh, you it's can good. get through in a day. Some it's of these like, take hey, a little bit of time. I got through
2: like three quarters of the series in like two months, so it's doable. You I can mean, get up
1: early.
0: And have a great day reading, and go to bed.
1: It's a Reasonable hour.
0: Yeah. So whenever, uh, whenever we lived over in England, whenever I lived over in England for a couple of years, um, we we didn't have a lot of money, but the Dresden Files there was a backlog of them, and they were fairly cheap paperback. it for me to purchase. Yeah. And so that's how I started my love of Dresden Files. I saw I'd watched the sci-fi series and I hadn't didn't I knew it was a book series and so I just on a whim picked up Stormfront for I think like one or two pounds. Yeah. And oh goodness. Read the entirety of the book in like six hours yeah, and then the next day, went, <laughs> next day I went back to that bookstore really and I purchased the next the one, next one. Yeah. and then the next day I went back to the bookstore and purchased the next one and I so think that's I actually how I it. did uh, that's how I did basically all the way up through White Knight Wow! So, yeah
1: did it surprise you going from the sci-fi show to the books to learn that Murphy is a tiny uh, white Irish Catholic girl? And not I think,
0: I think so part sorry. of the problem was, I mean the, I think it didn't impact me too much because unfortunately the series was so short lived. I, none of the characters apart from apart from Bob in the series, who is awesome in both the yep. book series and the TV series. Uh, he made an impact on me. Uh, Morgan in the TV series is who I oh, see wow. as Morgan in the book series. I mean, and that's who that's who I've carried with this yeah. entire time in my mind. And then um, and then Harry Dresden was, you know, I, I've i carried his image with me. I didn't. Hmm. None of the other characters were important enough in that story for me to really you know have that kind of impact upon me As
2: a, I, I find it hilarious they just didn't put Murphy in because at the end of the book so far Murphy is a huge part of the entire series if she's mentioned in the book or not they
0: she... they put her in it was just different mm-hmm. Okay, so instead of the five foot nothing I think yeah. So how he describes
1: her. Irish Catholic uh, girl, yeah.
0: Irish Catholic Valkyrie. Don't call her a girl. Um, you but, know, like, cute
2: button or what do you call it? Like
0: pug nose, cute button nose, that sort of thing. Cute button yeah. nose thing. Yeah. Instead uh, of so that, you had a. I would almost say like a mid, thirties, almost early forties. Uh. Uh, tall, dark, Latina woman.
2: Yeah, I I saw pictures of the cast, and I I think that Murphy was. But I was like, that's an interesting pick for who they chose for Murphy. But I'm not going to. But
0: that. I mean, you know, to each their own. Yes, but like the image that I have of Murphy now is not the one that I had from the series, but. I continue to have the image of Bob from the series and you know Dresden from the series. So I always thinking of Murphy,
1: uh I haven't really watched the sci-fi, so I'm gonna have to go back in and rewatch some of that. I just knew like that little twist with Murph's character between the book and the inconsistency between the book and the series. But I always think of uh Karen Murphy. As my dad uh, and I always watch the Olympics, and he used to be a gymnast. So we watched the Olympic gymnast. I always think of her as the Olympic uh, Olympic gymnast, Sean Johnson. Yeah. yeah. About five foot nothing and blonde. Oh, I,
2: can, I
1: can see that. That's exactly that. with kind of like a little bit of an upturned no- yeah. like nose, like as dress yeah. and describes it. So I saw we were watching some uh, old Olympic footage uh, a little while ago. And I was like, oh, who's this? It looks like Karen Murphy. Oh, Sean Johnson. I can see that.
0: Great, I love that. Alright, but I think that might be where we leave everybody. We go. What do you think? Yeah. I think that's a good stopping point. It's a
2: good stopping point. We'll
0: have All to make right, to our answers. to our tens of lists. I can't I mean, well, I'm gonna go ahead and say it. we will be talking about Dresden Files again. Nice. We will be talking about Dresden Files again. We'll Maybe, ready. like I said, we'll do a reread my wife
1: just is over halfway through proven guilty guys she is oh thank you she's just she was
2: she was man i'm glad i i mean i almost lost that race i wasn't even trying to race her but i finished really, did
1: she she's definitely kicking butt and so it's been interesting really fun to talk about
0: all right we'll talk anyway there's background uh for the code nerd cast i am joe i'm brock i'm lucas you guys have a happy holidays merry christmas happy hanukkah happy kwanzaa merry happy festivus Ch- for the rest of us happy christmas hanukkah everybody and don't forget everybody to celebrate uh december 23rd that is just the day that is the day that is the best day the day before the, the day, day before the, no The day before, the day before, the best day in the world. Look up the Paul and Storm song if you want to laugh for literally seconds. Uh, Anyway, catch you guys later. (laughs) Thanks for listening. If you would like to comment, ask a question, or just say hey, you can do so by dropping us an email at conerdcast at gmail.com.